Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is a definitive identity governance and automation solution built natively on ServiceNow. Look, we've built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a nightmare for risk, security, and governance, who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized it? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on the ServiceNow platform, which you already trust. ClearSky, a better way to IGA. Check the description below for episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? Oh, man, Duke, we've got a a new kind of interesting uh, take on today's podcast. Uh, we've, we've got Rico with us, and we're going to be talking about service now and with a keen perspective of a newcomer to the industry. Yeah. For those of you who haven't met Rico, he has been in the ServiceNow ecosystem for less than a year, right? Yeah. Um, just getting my foot, my feet wet. It's been about five, six months. Yeah. We thought it'd be interesting to take it from a perspective that Corey and I just can't have. So we brought the perspective to you and uh, we're just going to do round robin questions here. So I'll start off Rico. Why don't you tell us your journey to ServiceNow? To be honest, I mean, we, you know, we kind of have the same boat. I mean, just, you know, being introduced to this new platform and everything. But um, me personally, I actually was in this technology development program. I, um, it's sponsored through Goodwill. It's called mm-hmm. TechBridge. And, you know, I had done the program last year, but I, I was like more interested in you know, like Mac, Microsoft Azure and stuff like that, and like coming like a front end, back end web developer. Mm-hmm. But this time around, like this year, I applied for the program again because I, I didn't finish it last year due to some personal reasons. But this time I came back around, there was this offering this service now training, and I, I never heard of it. So, you know, but I didn't want to waste the opportunity trying to, you know, not knock the, because I, whenever going through like the presentation and just presenting it and showing us like what it's all about, I was just like, oh, so this is kind of cool. So, you know, it was a 12-week program, and I graduated, and I got my certified system administrator certificate. So mm-hmm. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. I appreciate that. And um, I also have a, I have a voucher to get my HR, my HR, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember the name, but the HR administrator um, certificate. Yeah. The implementer? Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Cool. Yeah, there's not actually, uh, I don't know many HR folks, Corey, you? Yeah, I got uh, one good buddy who's an HR guy, and he and I chat back and forth, and we work together on a few different projects. But that's that, which is really him. Okay, yeah, because I'm, I'm just like that was we had like at the end, uh, near and towards the end of the the twelve week program, they gave us a choice to um, either do learn about like IT ITSM or like take the HR route for like ServiceNow, go through like day to day and implementation, and try to be an impl- implementation specialist. So. But I was more interested in the HR because, you know, I just wanted to, re, you know, reach and help out more people and stuff like that. So I gravitated towards more that way. Good on you. We need a, we need more of those people. Like we just, like I said, Corey's got a buddy. I don't know anybody like in North America. I know a couple like overseas, but I don't know anybody in North America who's like out there on the market with that skill. Yeah. Shout out to Philip Elliott, man. I'll, I'll try to connect you, uh, Rico, with him. Uh, see if maybe he's interested in doing any mentorship around that area. Appreciate. I just um I don't know if y'all have seen this post or whatever, but I think uh, somebody in service now. I think Rob, Robert, you seen it? They have tagged you in like a post about the mentorship. 
for ServiceNow and stuff like that. So I saw it and I kind of signed up for it. And you kind of um, commented on it. Yeah. Shout out to Earl Duke. Oh, I don't know how he pronounces his last name. Duque. Shout out to Earl. He's with the developer MVP program. And this has been his pet project for a long time. And now ServiceNow has an official mentorship channel, both for people to go and say, I want to mentor and for people to say, I want to be mentored. So definitely great shout out on that, Rico. Uh, very timely. Yeah. And and let me interject here too, right? Like how cool would it be to, to, get, a show, to get a show together with Earl and we can have the Earl and the Duke on the same show? <laughs> for sure man I'd, I'd take earl as a guest anytime anywhere man he's uh he's full of insights I'm, i'll tune into that yeah. <laughs> yeah you touched on that you initially um were looking at in the azure space kind of like traditional it and then you ended up in service now like do you think that you made the right choice oh no i don't feel like i made the uh, wrong choice because service now i mean if you're an administrator it doesn't really deal with that much coding not that many scripting but I still am interested in being a software engineer and developer. So I'm actually taking like Leon Noel. He teaches 100 devs um, tech class. And he basically teaches you HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Which I'm pretty mid-level mid with um, HTML and like CSS. But I really just want to learn like JavaScript so I can get deeper with the ServiceNow developer role. Those languages will serve you well in a ServiceNow, in a ServiceNow ecosystem, absolutely, especially the JavaScript stuff. But, you know, HTML and CSS as well, right, with Service Portal and some of these new newer user interfaces that ServiceNow is uh, bringing to the forefront. So, and I don't want, I don't want to be, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but my mom, like I found out, like my mom had a bartender license and I'm just like, why aren't you a bartender? Why do you just have this and not using it? So if I have something like a certificate, cause I got my ITIL, my ITIL four and then. Oh, nice. Yeah. The certified system administrator, like I mentioned before. So I'm like, I'm interested in using it. Like, like I'm trying to get into the IT career field. So any mm -hmm. entryway, any way that I can, I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, try to take it and then pivot from there. So that actually rubs into a question that I had on my list is how do they teach you? Like, were you just, were you building stuff within the apps they were teaching? So the program, like I said, it's pretty short. It's usually 14 weeks, but this cohort this time was like 12 weeks. So mm -hmm. basically the first month we were learning pretty much like ITIL stuff just to get that out the way. First week of October, we were learning just about the fundamentals um, and just the basics of ServiceNow, like what it is and all the possibilities we can do with it. Classes were from Monday to Thursday, 5.30 to 8.30. Uh, Monday through Wednesday would just be like working with ServiceNow. And then Thursday would be like a personal development, how to interview and managing your financials and stuff like that. So that's how the pro, that's how it worked. And then I'll say around first week of November, then we got into what is it to be like an implementation specialists and then the two service paths that they wanted us to take either HR role or the ITSM. So you said you um, focused on the first week on like the soft skills, how to interview and you mentioned like financial skills and can you dive in a little bit more on that? Yeah. So um, like I said, the TechBridge was partnered with Goodwill. So their whole mission was just to bring like people who's not there financially, just trying to give them the skills, the IT skills to, you know, break into the career field and like end generational curses or stuff like that. Our instructor was also like somebody who worked with like Accenture and stuff like that. So it's just not like random people. It's like actually people inside the career and they also they actually partnered with ServiceNow and Accenture. So 
it was just different people, different professionals that can give us as much knowledge as they can to just give us personal development skills. Like, you know, how to, yeah. once you get a job in IT, you know, how to manage your financials and stuff like that and how to interview and how to conduct yourself in the office. I know we're, we're working like pretty much remote, but, you know, just still just the professionalism of it and everything. Yeah, that's really interesting to me too, mainly because from from the perspective of how to interview or knowing, being able to sell yourself in an an interview is one of those incalculable skills that hardly ever get taught, you know, especially in in the ServiceNow world. You really only get one chance at this stuff sometimes, right? Like, you know, there's a job out there and you get selected to interview for it, right? Like you're going to go in there, you got like an hour to make these people love you and being taught how to do that. I feel like there's often not, not a lot of focus on that. And then there's like a generality or broad based, right? Like how to interview and then you getting even deeper in like how to interview from a ServiceNow perspective, because you're often not just doing ServiceNow work, right? You're doing ITSM work in a ServiceNow environment and knowing how to combine all of that and talk that talk and being able to get the folks on the other side of the table to understand that you can actually solve their problems using the ServiceNow platform, but also speak the language that they're speaking when they're documenting the the problems that they have is really key. Just real quick, personal experience with that. Before the program ended, we were in the process of interviewing with Accenture and ServiceNow. They had like different employers come in and talk about their company. Two really used like ServiceNow, the others were just like entry-level IT service desk roles. Well, I had a chance to get interviewed with ServiceNow and, you know, I'm freaking out because I'm just like, this is my big... You know, I've never had like a IT interview and I don't, I didn't know like how, how it was going to set up, what it was going to look like. And I mean, it was kind of weird, but the first round was, you know, just introduction to who you were and why do you want to work for Accenture? It was like a phone call. Then the second round, I'm expecting more technical stuff. And I was stressing out, trying to figure out like you know, how to talk about it and everything. And the second round, I mean, he was pretty much just telling me about the position and I was interviewed for a technical consultant. And then I made it to the third round and I'm just like, oh shit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, oh man. And then all all this is why I was happening. I, I still haven't had my CSA. I got it like December. Wait, 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 wait. So you, you made it to the third round of an interview with Accenture without your CSA and with, at this point, what, like three months of experience with ServiceNow? Yeah, yeah pretty Dude, much. that's incredible. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, it, um, it was with ServiceNow. Uh, oh, with ServiceNow directly with the mothership. Yeah. So <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> yeah, I gave myself a pat on the back, but then pretty much the third interview, he was asking me, it was a pretty good interview, but I kind of saw he had an issue or hesitated because I told him like I was in the process of getting my CSA and he was telling me they give you like two, three months to attain it. So I'm just like, if I'm, if that's the time frame. Like I'm going to have it by that time. And I told him the next week I was going to, I took the test and you know I, t- I passed it, but unfortunately I didn't get the job, but you know, I made it to the third round. So I'm pretty um, blessed and happy about that. So, yeah, man, making it to the third round of interviews with the mothership. That's awesome right there. It is very, very good. <laughs> it's very good. Hey, what's been the hardest part of it all so far? Yeah, the hardest for me is just the um, scripting of it. I'm trying to learn a script. That's the only big challenge left that I want to hurl and get in practice to, which I just found out. Well, I mean, I, I kind of knew about it before, but I didn't really have time to like go deep into it because I've been so busy with work and trying to pass the CSA and everything, the developer learning plan and stuff like that. So I've been going through the learning plan for ServiceNow administrator and developer and stuff like that. So how to like get those skills and whatnot. And it's pretty awesome. I, I did like one last night and it was just so self-explanatory. I'm just like, yo, this is like, I'm actually like doing it. Like, but I took, I took your advice, Mr. Robert, when I reached out to you on group me, you were giving me some advice like that. And I was just taking it. 
trying to build like different applications and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So Corey, did you invite Mr. Robert to this again? <laughs> <laughs> you just call me Rob, buddy. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no real no, name. No, it's okay, man. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know what? You, that's the name of the game though, right? Just build stuff. Yeah, like, I think people are like so concerned about I got to build it right. No, you don't. Not when you're learning. Right. That's almost not the point. Is a drawback, right? It, it sets you back on your path if you get everything right. Because typically people learn from from their failures, right? You learn from getting things wrong and then figuring out what you got wrong and then fixing the thing that's wrong. And then now you know how to do that thing right. So you can, on the next time, you'll get something else wrong in a different place further along in the path, right? I think a lot of people have this fear of failure way too early in the process, right? Yeah. Like you, you really want to go in there. You want to, you just want to tinker. You just want to get in there, get your hands dirty. You want to, you know, beat your head against the wall a few times. I mean, all of that, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. <laughs> and the, the thing I always liked when I was mentoring people and having them build stuff is how they would perceive some of the tools available to them in a vacuum. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, why on earth did you use this function for that? Oh, because it worked, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you kind of learn something about the, you know, if you walked in on somebody hammering in a nail with a screwdriver, you know, you, you might think, what's wrong with you? <laughs> they just don't they, like they don't have a hammer yet that's the problem right they don't even know the concept of a hammer yet that's right right they just know they got to get the screw and they got to get the nail and the, and the wood yeah yeah now what's crazy is while we were learning like the fundamentals we were just going module by module like introduction to user interface and then you know just like chapter by chapter but you know i'm doing like the learning plan and building tables when the application navigator but then like you have studio you can literally do everything in the studio like and it takes mm -hmm. Literally like a breeze. I'm like, this is amazing. So there was no studio when I was Nine. coming up. Yep. <laughs> Guy, there was no workflow when I was coming up. <laughs> it was like execution plans, buddy. Oh, damn. Those were good. Yeah. So, so it's interesting, Rico, that you're diving in, like all in on the studio. And, and it's also easy to do things there. I didn't have that opportunity. It's one of those things that when I mentor people, I probably should move a little bit more towards the studio than the old school way of me thinking about things. And then also with the studio too, while you're developing something for the interface, you know, you can also be the, doing something for the mobile app too. I'm just like, it was, it's, it's like so many things you can do. It was just blowing me away. How do yeah. you deal with that? That there being so many different things you can do? Honestly, I'm, I'm just trying to take it like one day at a time, just, just try to learn something I can catch on like real quick and then, you know, do it like repetition wise to get better at it. So I don't have to, you know, look at the book or look at the learning plan and try to see like repeated steps and stuff like that. So keep repeating. Like that's how I passed my CSA. Like the first time I took it, I felt confident going in, but when I got to the test, the wording and just the structure of it, it was just like, yo, I, I, you literally have to read the whole book to pass the CSA exam. So the second time around, I was literally just reading like chapter every night, just kept going over and over again till like, I finally got it. So I'll tell you the CSA was kind of tough for me too. And it was tough for me because I refer to a lot of the things in ServiceNow, not like ServiceNow refers to them. And having to memorize like the proper ServiceNow name and the proper ServiceNow classification of these things, mm -hmm. having to, to memorize that and, and, and ensure that I had the stuff at a, you know, easily um, attainable in my brain was probably like the harder part of the CSA. So like I'd been doing this stuff for so long and some of the terms had evolved over time that I, you know, my, my, uh, my internal library was a little 
a little behind. Yeah. I had the same kind of, I think I was in the same boat as you, Rico. The hardest part for me was the scripting. Well, I think I learned about being a developer. I've learned on service now. Like I didn't know a lick of JavaScript prior to, and at least I was blessed. I was kind of like, I was already in the job and it's like, hey, everybody's got to learn the service now thing. Like right now, like <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so I got to learn the JavaScript on the job, but I can't stress enough the importance of once you've learned a JavaScript concept, like try and use it right away. Yes, I can. I completely agree with you. I also learned the JavaScript on the job, you know, learning service. Now I hadn't written a lick of JavaScript before I um, became the owner of the platform. And but I had done things like, you know, Windows command scripts, right? Like, so going all the way back to the DOS days, I was trying to get like Doom to work and allocate in, you know, extended memory and all that kind of crap, right? You had your floppy disk, you know, I'm dating myself here really, really, really. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you did, you had like, you know, your set of floppy disks and depending on what game you want to play, right? You had different scripts and you had different floppy disks, right? So you have one disk that you'd load and you'd have a script that's built out to allocate memory just so, so that you can get like Duke Nukem to work. And you had another one where you might want like civilization to work and you, you know, and so you had to have your scripts kind of tailored. So I wasn't like completely foreign to the idea of scripting, but I'd never seen JavaScript before. Honestly, it was like one of those things. I'd never fancied myself as a developer, to be quite honest. Yeah. Rico, did, do you have anything like kind of a pet project in build on your PDI? Actually, the idea you recommended me with the USC fighter, I kind of started working on that like a couple of days ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost done with that one. But like I said, I, I, I've been busy this week. Cause I, I just I literally had an interview today for a junior service now developer role. And then I got another interview tomorrow with this Censure for like a business analyst position. So nice. That's like awesome. Dude. Yeah, it's like an apprentice program and stuff like that. Well, tell hey. us your tell us your plans for this UFC app. Um, talking about, like, putting, talking about the application. <laughs> assuming I'm not putting you on a spot, like what do you have planned? If you were going to finish building it, what do you, what features are you going to put in it? Well, definitely like the uh, fight cards, just like the people in attendance, equipment that's all like needed, and just sending an email out to you know all the people in the company that wants to go and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm just going wild with it, really just mm -hmm. trying to make it as like real realistic as um, as I can. Tell us about how you're using the ServiceNow instance itself and the technology in the ServiceNow instance to kind of build this thing out. Like give, give me some details. So it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so um, like I said, just using the studio. Um, well, I mean, like before, before um, I was doing like the learning plan, I was just like literally using everything in the application navigator and just, just deviling around like my personal instance, you know, just making sure that I can have uh, different like applications and everything. Just so, like I said, the, the people in attendance and just like having like a list of like people putting in requests to make sure they can come to the event and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm literally just like trying to make it like a simulation of like a, a Sims, um, just trying to have like people in the event just come to life and stuff like that. Nice. Sounds pretty cool. So ideally, your next steps in your career journey with ServiceNow, right now you've got your CSA, you're interviewing for a few positions. Where do you want to be, right? Not where do you see yourself, but where do you want to be in, say, 18 months from now? And it doesn't have to be position specific, but just, I mean, talk in general about maybe, you know, the knowledge that you hope to attain, like the things that you hope to be doing. Just really, you know, working it out, just learning as like much as I can. I don't mind being an, an administrator or an analyst and an associate. I remember Duke, the Duke, you know, he was, when I first met him on like the group me, not the group, I'm sorry, uh, Slack. Um, and now, now who's dating themselves? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Slack. Yeah. Um, you know, he was telling me just to pretty much like any entryway and then just work myself to develop it. Because that's, that's what I really want to do. I like creating things. I like dabbling and just trying to figure out different, you know, coding problems and how to fix back end issues and stuff like that. So I'm just an investigative type person. So I'm just like looking to try to see how things can improve. I'm constantly trying to think of like how things can improve, like, like personally and and like working wise. So, you know, I'm always a thinker. So, you know, I just like, I just like keeping busy. So just being a developer, that's what I really want to do and just growing with that position. Yeah. The great thing about ServiceNow and and wanting to be a developer is that all you need to do is identify problems that can be solved using ServiceNow. And then you're right. And then go and do it because ServiceNow gives you the ability to have that personal developer instance for free. And it gives you the ability to utilize that in practically any way that you want to. And so there's basically no roadblocks right in the way of you becoming whatever you want to be inside the ServiceNow ecosystem from the perspective of having the tools up front. There's a lot of jobs where getting access to the tools is the roadblock itself. Like if you're in the Cisco world, you know, you need access to a switch and a router to go in and actually kind of manipulate things. I mean, I, I, they probably have virtual versions of these things now, but at least back in my day, again, dating myself, right? Like you needed the physical, you need the physical lab to actually put some of this stuff into play. With ServiceNow, you don't, right? Like, I mean, you literally need a web browser and the internet and, right. and, and a problem to solve and you're good. So I, I really love that about that. And and I think that bodes well too for where you want to be, you know, because all you need to do is identify like cool problems. And if you ha- ever have, have a problem identifying those, I mean, LinkedIn has a ton of them and then you go over at Hacker News, they always have a ton of cool problems that somebody's trying to fix or, or something to give you inspiration for something to bang on, so... Five years wise, like I, I just want to have like enough skills where I can build up my own client base and just pretty much work for myself because I don't want to work for nobody for the rest of my life. So, I mean, that's just honest, but I put it like enough work and, you know, I, I try to learn as much as I can to just really get to that point because that's what I really want to do with my time and everything. Yeah, I, I consider myself unemployable at this point. I'll tell anybody that working for other people is is, is overrated. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's after having worked for other people for 20 yeah. years. <laughs> I'm 27 right now and I'm just like I always had that like I always had that plan like I always like struggle with that you know just being at a job and I'm the type of person growing up like I was pretty much good at anything I, I did it wasn't an issue that I could do it it was just like, do you care enough or do you really want to do it so it was just like the frustrating for me because I'm trying to figure out like you know what I really want to do because I'm so like you know good at anything but finally we you know when I sat down I was just like oh I really like doing IT stuff but you know my work background doesn't really provide that but you know, I would go to jobs like Xfinity and I'll do stuff there. I was a sales consultant, but, you know, I was like, I would ask the field technicians anything tech-wise and stuff like that. Even ask developers in Xfinity what they do and just trying to connect with them and stuff like that. No, no, I hear you. And I love that you went out and sought out bigger challenges and came over to the ServiceNow area where we value people who have that mindset, right, and that skill set of being able to outperform and loving the, the the problem, right? And solutioning the problem and, you know, helping out the client. Those are all of the soft skills that are valued here in this ecosystem. And putting those in display, on display when you're interviewing will serve you well, I think, because those are things that I have found people look for when I'm interviewing myself. So, mm-hmm. And that was crazy, like with that ServiceNow interview, like he was pretty much telling me the same thing. He said, you know, I would sound like a good fit at the company and everything. I'm thinking I got the job, you know, like, nah, 
but I got that um I got that email and then what's crazy I even emailed him well I sent him a message on LinkedIn just to um, connect and just ask him what more could I've done for the next interview you know because that was like my first big IT interview and the main issue was I just didn't have my CSA at the time I'm just like really right well you have it now right yeah but I mean the, the, I mean the, I literally got the, the certificate a week later for my interview and I'm just like have you have you followed up with him directly and say hey you know with a picture of your certificate say hey I got this now keep me in mind. Yeah, I sent him a um, LinkedIn message. He hasn't read it yet, unfortunately. But yeah, well, that's one of the things, right? Like you, you always do is to follow up occasionally in those situations. Like if the only thing was blocking you was not having a certificate, well, here's the certificate. You right. know, keep thinking about me. And I'm just like, really, I'm just on LinkedIn. I'm just trying to um, following every post that the Duke makes. Or I think I think we're we're friends now, Corey on on LinkedIn. Yeah, we connected yesterday. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and yeah, I kind of stalked your profile a little bit in, in advance of this conversation. <laughs> I'll tell you what I found impressive. I found impressive that you went from, you know, a retail environment to a service now environment in, in a relatively short amount of time. I, I found it impressive, too, that you attained the certification also in a very short amount of time. We just did a, um, we just did an interview with the folks over at Now Learning. And uh, one of the things that surfaced in that talk was how once you get those ServiceNow certifications, the CSA, the CIS, right? Like you essentially can write your own ticket, mm-hmm. you know? And so you're halfway there, right? Like, I mean, with a CSA, I think, you know, you'll find a junior level position, you know, really, really quickly. And then when you get that CIS, I mean, with the given state of the industry right now, you're going to be gold. I think ultimately, I mean, especially if you're looking at the HR side of it, because that's even more sought after and complex part of the ecosystem. You know, you're going to put yourself in a position to really be a desirable person out there on the on the market. And so I think it's, it's important for folks out here who listen, who are listening to know that, hey, these certifications matter. They, they get you in the door. They get the interview going and they'll get the they'll get the job for you, too. I appreciate that. I, I kind of want to ask you all this question because I'm just like, um, yeah, go for it. That's how me and the Duke kind of connected. I was um, I, I sent him a message. I think he's messaged me. And, you know, I was just asking him advice for applying to like entry level position because I'm what I was noticing is I have these certificates and obviously I, I'm not like that naive to think, well, yeah, just give me a job. But I'm still applying to these companies and they're asking for like two plus years, five plus years entry level position. Mm-hmm. Like, well, damn, you know, I kind of have my hands tied behind me. So that's why I kind of reached out to him to just try to see, you know, what best way I can kind of close that gap to show them that I'm eligible or I can do these things, but just don't have that experience. So, you know, that's why like in my free time, I'm just, you know, building as much as I can in the platform and everything. That's the key from my perspective is the next best thing to actual experience is stuff you've built. Absolutely agree. At the start, build anything, right? Anything that you're interested in, anything that you know enough to ponder, how does this work work? But then as you start getting more confidence, just try and think of everyday business problems or like Corey said, go to the, where was it? Where they have- like, Yeah, Hacker News. Yeah. You know, yeah. And just to- take a crack at it. Because what people are actually saying when they say they need somebody with experience mm-hmm. is somebody who knows how to detect the outcomes needed and then deliver those outcomes. Right. And so I haven't seen a single place where somebody was like, man, that dude was really impressive with the way he talked about solutions and da, 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 da. But, oh man, he didn't have the two years experience we wanted. Right. It doesn't really happen. I think people are so desperate for the talent. If you can find a, a path to credibility, that makes up for the, the years. Also, pet peeve, man, Corey, you know what grinds my gears? What's that, Duke? Fucking, <laughs> fucking five years experience for, right. for an entry level? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How are you going to like 
Okay, ServiceNow has been around for 15. So you've been around for like 33% of this product's <laughs> total life. Right. And that yeah. qualifies you to be a beginner. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a senior at that's, that point. That's all the swear words, man. It just, I can't you know, understand it. Piggybacking on that, right? What I really hate is that when a, when they want you to have like three years in the module that just got released like eight months ago. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I need eight years in service portals. Like, what? <laughs> Come on now. Some of these job specs don't make a whole lot of sense. I'll tell you what the job specs that do make a lot of sense. So, you know, those that I've seen you put out, Duke. Shout out to the Duke doing his thing here on uh, hiring and getting folks placed into premium positions, right? This is an unfunded plug, but you know, it, it does make a difference, right? I've seen some of the things that you've put out in, in the ecosystem and some of the things that others have put out in the ecosystem and, and just largely, right? Like you have a pulse on it. You know how to highlight the, the aspects of a job or the aspects of a candidate that make a difference to the overall project. And I think that's one of the things that you have to kind of learn how to filter out unfortunately, in this ecosystem, because there's so much demand out there and there's not a whole lot of time and a whole lot of expertise on the folks who are writing the job specs. So you don't always kind of know what's yeah. what you're getting. <laughs> I forget who said it on the dev community. I think it was Maria Gabriella or Ashley, but it was, it was really profound. It was apply and let the company decide. Yeah. Don't let, yeah. Don't let anything say like, oh, I don't have two years, so I'm not going to apply. Right. Absolutely. You just go. <laughs> yeah. You if know. you think it's a fit, go for it. Don't, you know, whatever. Exactly. Hey, man, I, I've been shooting my shot. I don't need this. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Shoot your yeah. shot. I like that. Yeah. Let's go with that one. And that's what it's about. Because the job recs aren't necessarily written by the person who needs the resource either. Like, right. I have a client. And they have this corporate standard. This is what a developer means. And so if you want to call somebody a developer on the job rec, you have to put these things in the job rec. I'm not kidding. They have cold fusion on there. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're not going to get this. You're not going to get this. You know that, right? Like, it's like, no, you're telling, like, you're telling I, them, right? Like, you're not going to get this. <laughs> They they know that the people who are on the front lines know that they're not. They're just like we have to put it in there because HR or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. and, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, um, it's okay. Yeah, my mentors. He was actually telling me some of these people don't even update like their job descriptions for the jobs they're posting for, and I'm just wow, really? Like it's crazy. I'd never let a job description scare me away. And basically when I'm reading it for it, I'm like trying to figure out, do they want an admin, a developer, or an architect? Read the tea leaves a little bit, decide if I want to, and then just apply. And oh, for God's sakes, people, don't volunteer weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, I had a, I, I chat with a good friend today and he got asked to do like some facilities management stuff on ServiceNow. And he was like, Oh, I can't. I already, I have only done like space management, which isn't the same thing. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what do you mean you can't? Like, don't disqualify yourself. Tell right. them what you've done. That's close to it. Let them decide. Exactly. Like and they're then... not stupid. They'll find it out and you're not lying to them. You're just kind of like showing them where you want. Like half the time people are so desperate that if you've done something, that's like a cousin of the thing that they want done. Yes. Anyway, sorry. That was a rant. <laughs> no, no, but you're right though, dude. I mean, and, and let's be real. Like a lot of us have an extensive amount of experience on the platform across the platform, but we don't have everything on the platform, but the platform is the platform, right? right. doesn't mean that I can't necessarily go in and pick it up in a day. doesn't mean I can't go over to now learning. Right. And, and look up the course on this and get this done in like two or three days and be like, Oh, okay. I get it now. Right. Yeah. And, and 
because not everything is as specific as HR. Now, if someone's like, hey, I need someone in HR and you've never done HR before. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Right. And that's only because that the vertical of HR requires some industry specific knowledge around HR. And, you know, when you get into that, it's like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's important to know what skills translate on the platform versus what don't. And I think that's what you were getting at, Duke. Yeah. All right. Uh, looks like we're at time. So, Rico, thanks for joining us today. Any last statements or questions? Anybody that's interested in service now, it's a great community. It's a great platform, great career field. So I'll definitely, it's not, and then don't even like overthink it. Cause if you think about like the, some of the simple skills that you like acquired, like I said, I came from retail. So just working with people and just having that customer service skills and those soft skills to like, you know, translate into tech, just go for it. It can literally apply to anybody. And this is like really not hard to learn. So if you just put time into it, you can really change your life. So definitely go out, go for it. It's good hearing that after like this many years, eh, Corey? It's still that way. Man, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it it absolutely changed my life. CJ and the Duke is hosted by Robert the Duke Fedoric and Corey CJ Wesley. We are both freelance vendor agnostic ServiceNow experts who can help you in three different ways. If you want a true consigliere in your corner for your ServiceNow implementation, if you want to tell your customer story on CJ and the Duke, or if you want your brand in front of the largest independent ServiceNow podcast community, check the links below for how to contact us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.